Welcome to the First Baptist Church Podcast. We're excited to share this weekend's conversation with you from Pastor Jerry Hendricks. If you would like to subscribe, find us on iTunes or go to fbcsweetwater.org. I guess it's a bit of a strange question for the start of the Advent season, but I want to ask you a question this morning. What is your superpower? Now, if you're a parent, you've got a a superpower because that's your primary coping skill. I mean, if you're thinking and your answer to that question, well, I don't have a superpower, you've got a superpower. Or you're not coping, and if you're not coping, then we'll talk later. We don't often think about our superpower, that thing that we bring to the table that makes us, maybe sets us apart or makes us unique. But I have a friend who's a youth minister, and his students say his superpower is silence. Silence is a killer. I'm not real comfortable with silence. It's real hard for me and my spirit and my nature to be quiet for very long, to be settled for very long. I really have a spirit of anxiousness. And so if silence is prolonged, like, say, you're teaching a class, maybe a small group, and you ask a question, and when you ask a question and expect maybe people around the table or in the classroom to respond, and no one responds... I'm not that kind of person that gives people much time because silence breaks me. But I know I need to be silent. I know that I need to experience times in my life where I can just be quiet. This morning, as we centered our thoughts around this Advent theme of peace, one of the things that I began to discover as I worked through this is that of all the four themes of Advent, this is probably the one that creates the most difficulty. When you think about them, let's put them in order, or the order that we're using, hope. It's not hard to understand in a, in a faith life the meaning of hope for a person and how that hope might be expressed. Joy. Well, what do we, what do we know and think about faith that's not expressed in, in terms of, of sheer joy? Paul talks a lot, about, a lot about that. We read about that. We experience that in a joyful experience. And it's one of those things that's easy for all of us just to kind of jump in and experience the joy of knowing Jesus. And then love. You know, the Bible says that God is love. The Bible says that God expressed his love for us through Jesus. And that demands a response from us. You can't just turn your back on that kind of love. When confronted with that kind of love, there's a response and there's something that we know and we believe and is the very essence of who we are as believers in God. But peace, what's that about? How do we experience in our faith life the peace that God talks about that Jesus came to bring. I don't think we can give it a pass this morning. I, I, I think that we need to take time to consider, each of us, how we experience and how we express peace in our life. There's probably a lot of talk this season, even this morning, as pastors stand before their churches and talk about this theme of peace, because we think about the contradiction to peace because of the Christmas season. The Christmas season is filled with everything that is the polar opposite 
of what we would want peace to be. I've talked to several of you this morning, and because of my affection for the children uh, in our church and affection for basketball, I know that many of you were in a gym yesterday all day. Now, that's my dream world. I couldn't be there yesterday. Going to be there soon. That's my happy place. Couldn't be there. But there's a lot of, of chaos or anxiousness involved in our activities around Christmas time. You know, the clock's ticking. I don't know the current count of shopping days until Christmas, but let's be honest, as long as you have the internet, there's always a possibility that I can get it there on time. Or if not, you write one of those notes that says it's coming soon. Not that I've done that. There's anxiousness in this season there's anxiousness in our spirit, and when we stop to consider peace, we, we sense a challenge. You know, last week I talked about there's a difference between being prepared and being ready. I believe this morning that there's a difference between knowing peace and having peace. One of the things that I strive for in my life is to understand what this peace that passes understanding is all about. And you can't be passive about it. You, I don't think that, that peace just comes to you naturally, and which, which that creates a bit of a, a struggle for us because it, it seems as if that if we were just to stop activity or to clear our schedule, that that would bring peace. But that's not the case. There's this there's inner anxiousness that we think still tend to find ourselves in and to struggle through. The scripture that was read this morning begins to introduce to us some of the very things that I think cause us a difficulty with understanding peace. There's three things uh, that I put in your note sheet there that I want to call our attention to this morning that are in this text. And we think about these three things. And we think about this, this goal of having peace in our life, not just, not just for a season, not just for a week, but as a part of our entire faith experience. I believe that maybe we can make some progress in letting God grant us that peace in our life so that we might live nearer Him. The three things that I want to call our attention to in the experience that we read, that, that, that uh, Megan and Thomas uh, read for us in our scripture is this. Is that there's times in life where God goes silent. Now if you've not experienced that, then my hope is that you never would. But the reality is, when you talk to many people who've lived a faith life for very long, when you talk about the silent periods of God in their life, most of us can identify with either one or many situations or times when we sensed that God had just gone quiet in our life. That regardless of how we, we reached out to Him, there seemed to be no answer. There are times when God seems silent, and when God is silent, it's hard, it's difficult to find peace. There's other times in our faith life where I believe that we sense that God is near, but even that nearness creates an anxiousness, because when God is near, we know that there's something next. 
that he's not been revealed yet, but there's something yet to be revealed. And so even that, even the nearness of God or the anticipation of the nearness of God creates an anxiousness that doesn't allow us to have peace. Think about our Christmas season. Maybe you have one of those calendars at your home that helps you to count down the Advent season. And with each day that you change it or remove it, remove a number or a letter or however it is that you do it, you become more aware that Christmas is approaching. And the more aware you do that countdown in your mind and in your home, the more anxious to get, anxious you get, and God wants to give us peace. Then there are times when we know God is present. Now, I don't know how you feel. When you know that God is present. When, when you came to worship today, if you sensed in any way God's presence here, it, it doesn't bring necessarily a spirit of calmness and peace. But rather it would bring out those experiences of joy and happiness and expressions that would cause some kind of emotion in our life that would cause us to want more, to experience more, and wonder what greater things God might do. These three things are the experience of the people in the times of John the Baptist. When you read the scripture, when you read this, even just the gospel of Matthew, we read from the gospel of Matthew chapter 3 this morning already. When you read chapter 2, what you see there is that it only brings us up till that time when Jesus and his family, for fear of their own life, left Jerusalem and went to Nazareth. We see in another gospel where Jesus went to the temple when he was 12. Outside of that, God is silent about his Messiah. God's silent about this Messiah that we had such, we, that is a part of our, of our being. It's a part of our conversation. In fact, most Jews believe that there wasn't a prophet after the time of Malachi. So you have generations that have passed without the anticipation of, of the, and the presence and the possibility that the Messiah might make his appearance while you're still alive. God goes silent sometimes. And we have to know how we're going to live through that silence. It's not just to live in the silence because we know that there's going to be a time when God breaks the silence. We can know that in our mind and know that in our heart, but there's still something about us that can't find peace in that silence. God went silent. We don't hear much about the Messiah during this period. And the people are trying to find peace. Trying to go from day to day with the belief that one day the Messiah might come. You know what happens in this experience is that while even though we anticipate this, even though it's talked about, even though it's expected in the story of God, in order to complete the story of God, eventually the conversation stops. And once that conversation stops, that belief starts to turn cold in our life. And we no longer even live with the expectation that the Messiah would come. We seldom talk about it. We seldom have that experience if we talk to our children. That was the life of the Jews at this particular time. But then we come to a period where God breaks the silence. 
if you've had those experiences in your life where God was silent, do you recall the moment or the feeling when God broke that silence in your life? There's a difference. It's a stark contrast to the way that you lived in silence to that time that God revealed himself. And even in that revealing, you just come to that place where God just seems near. John the Baptist was quite an outdoorsman. I don't know what that looked like in, this, in that particular time in his life, but we get this picture of him that he ate locusts and wild honey. And I've heard different people talk about what locusts were, that really they were just beans that were on a tree. I don't care how you try to describe it. To me, that guy's an outdoorsman. And just to be quite honest, he and I don't have a lot in common here. We see this picture of John the Baptist, a prophet, we haven't heard a prophet for some time now, and now we have this guy who is alone, and a lot of times prophecy does happen alone. He's out in the wilderness. He's not in the urban areas. He's out near the churches or the synagogues. He didn't go to a place where people might be ready to hear, but he's out here, out in, in the desert, as it's described, and he starts preaching. Now, I don't know who his first audience was. Maybe it was the locust. But he begins preaching. And he has this message. And someone hears this message. And they're drawn to that message. And they come and they're baptized. And then even in the desert, God's word goes out. And the role of John the Baptist becomes clearer and clearer now that we have the opportunity to look in on his life and understand his biography and his profile. People start to hear his message. And let me just suggest this morning that that message that John the Baptist preached then is still a message that we need to hear, understand, and respond to today. He said, repent and be baptized. Repent means to take your life and turn it in a new direction, oftentimes in an opposite direction in the direction that is going. It's really to turn our hearts toward God. And through that, we demonstrate that through a baptism. Just last week, we had the opportunity to witness baptism, and it's something that we're able to witness frequently in the life of our church. And we may not think much about it because we're accustomed to seeing it in our own culture, in this kind of environment. But you have to capture the significance of this outdoorsman preaching a gospel and baptizing people in the river. Word spread, people came. And the religious leaders became skepticals. Became skeptical. They also showed up, much like in Jesus' life, wanting to be baptized. And here was his second message to us that's still relevant to us today. Repent and bear fruit. You see, I think the test of understanding what repentance is really like is that our life ultimately begins to bear fruit. So if you're wondering about your relationship with God this morning, one of the ways that you might look into your life is to look at the fruit of God's work in your life currently. If it's been a while, 
that you've seen fruit in your life, then it's time to re-examine and maybe to prune areas of your life. He talks about that, Jesus did, uh, in the Gospel of John. That sometimes we come to those places where we have to pare back some things in our life. Oftentimes it's sin. Sometimes it's just things that distract us or keep us from doing the things that God would have us do to genuinely bear fruit through our life. So these Pharisees and Sadducees start really this path of trouble and antagonism towards the gospel or the coming kingdom of God. And he calls them out. He wasn't very kind. He sounded like someone who had lived in the wilderness. He has some very harsh uh, characterizations for them in the hopes that they might understand it. But just in case they didn't, he says that we bear fruit, that our life, the life that we have with God, bears fruit. So we understand in trying to find peace in our life that there's times when God's silent and, and it's hard through that difficulty to, to, to receive this peace that he has for us. We, we know that there's times when he's near and, and we miss that, we anticipate it, but there's also that time when God is present. You still have your text open or can get to it quickly. I want to read chapter, uh, the next few verses after those that were read this morning. It's chapter 3, verse 13. There are times in our life where we know that God is present. I think we understand that in terms of our current uh, contemporary Christian culture. Uh, you probably are familiar with church life or faith life to some degree, or you wouldn't have found yourself in here this morning, or at least you're seeking and searching. And so for you to know that there's times when, when you sense God's presence, that those things, those times are very real. And then the hope would be that they're often. But just imagine for a moment that you've gone through a period of silence, that you begin to understand that God's presence is near through the words of, of a prophet, and then now you see the silence is broken. The nearness is clear because the Messiah is here. It says in verse 13, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? And Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized... He went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened. Let me just suggest, we understand now that God is present. Heaven is open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And the voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, and with him I'm well pleased. It's hard to capture this, but let me just share this quickly we've gone from a time of silence where God is not spoken through a prophet for some time we've also gone from a time where God only spoke through prophets 
including up until the time that we see John the Baptist crying out in the wilderness, repent and be baptized. But now something is different. The peace that we know and that we can experience is different because now we have heard the voice of God. It's no longer a promise. It's no longer just a nearness. It's the proclamation that God's here. God's here in his son Jesus. As we strive in our life through this season, we want to understand that God's peace is real. Something we can experience. We can wrap our life around. And it's also something that is relevant. So however you need to reconstruct your life, if even for a day, or maybe this week, may God give you the insight on what you might do to experience His, priest, His presence in your life this week. God's no longer silent, and He's more than near. God is here. Know His peace. <laughs>